Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. The Spirit of God does not strive with man forever. He will just say, okay, go ahead. And he takes his hands off. And when that happens, it's at that point where the heart is already hardened, the fate is already sealed, and the mind is already made up, and God just says, okay, that's your decision. Have at it. Is your desire for alignment with God's will alive and strong? Be encouraged that although you may feel as if you fail, God is still near, ready to rescue and bless. In today's message by Pastor J.D., the encouragement for your life is in the reminder that God's promises are for you, and He is incapable of breaking even one. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah chapter 8 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Going to God's Word as a first response as opposed to a last resort. And the reason is, is because woven throughout the fabric of this chapter, Isaiah is speaking to prophetically the go-to, if you will, for every situation that we face in our lives. And such is the case with Judah and King Ahaz, as we're about to see. And the takeaway for us from this chapter is this. It's the Word of God and the God of of the Word. That's the go-to, first response, not the last resort, especially in those times of crisis when our hearts are troubled. I think of what Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. And He doesn't just leave you there. He says, here's why you're not to let your heart be troubled. He says, in my Father's house are many dwelling places, and if it were not so, I would not have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And where I am, there you will be also, because I'm going to come and I'm going to take you to this place that I prepared for you. In John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 33, a verse I'm sure familiar to many, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. <laughs> I wish He didn't say it like that. I wish you would have said it like this. In this world there's a chance. It's, it's possible you could encounter some trouble and trial and tribulation. <laughs> Maybe. You might. You know, possibly. No, doesn't say that. You will. I even looked up the original, you know, in the original language, the word for will. And it's even worse than will. It's like (laughs) guaranteed or your money back. You're going to have problems. But, and again, he doesn't just leave you there. He says, but be of good cheer. Cheer up, take heart, because, here's why, I have overcome the world. Let not your heart be troubled. Well, as we jump in here, 
one thing that is going to become abundantly clear is that this is all about the Word of God and the God of the Word in those times when our hearts are troubled, in times of crisis and difficulties. So let's jump in verse 1. Moreover, the Lord said to me, take a large scroll and write on it with a man's pen concerning Mahar Shalal Hashbaz. And verse 2, I will take for myself faithful witnesses to record Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of Jebedekiah. Okay, <laughs> right out of the chute, first two verses. What? <laughs> right? You read that at first read, you're like, huh? Okay, what's going on here? Well, this is interesting. Isaiah is basically told to get a scroll, get a pen. Don't imagine the pen like we understand pens today. But basically to write on this scroll a birth certificate of sorts for his son who is yet to be born. And I'm going to give you this son and he's not yet been born, but I'm going to give you his name for when he's born. And that's his name. Mahar Shalal Hashbaz. Could you imagine in school? <laughs> Everybody else, you know. Eli, Hannah, Samuel, here, you know, roll call. Mahar Shalal Hashbaz, here. Now this is Isaiah's second born son, right? We were introduced to his first born son in chapter 7. His name was Shi'ar Yashub. Now what's up with these names? They are prophecies. And we're going to talk about that more in a moment. But Shi'ar Yashub means remnant will return. This is a prophecy concerning Judah. Do you know <laughs> what the meaning of Mahar Shalal Hashbaz is? I'm glad you asked. It means hasten to the spoil. You get it? This is a prophecy. The Assyrians are going to hasten to the spoil when they invade Judah. But God will return a remnant. That is the names of this prophet Isaiah's two sons. His sons are prophecies. Isaiah a prophet. And it's even going to get better than that, as we're about to see here in verse 3. Then I, speaking of Isaiah, went to the prophetess. You know who that is? That's Mrs. Isaiah. Wow, what a family. Now you're going to forgive me for my silly illustration, but I have a method behind the madness here. I, I talk about this, I make light of this, insert humor in this, because this was a real family. 
You know, sometimes when we're reading the Word of God, especially in the Old Testament, we're prone to read these and, you know, Isaiah the prophet. Uh, his sons called him dad. And could you imagine this family? The dad is a prophet, the mom is a prophetess, and the two sons are prophecies. How about that? But this is a real family, a real mom, a real dad, and they had two sons, and their names are the nature prophetically of what would yet come to pass, yet future, with Judah concerning the Assyrians. So we read on, then she conceived and bore a son. Good thing they already have a name for him. Then the Lord said to me, Call his name Mahr Shalal Hashbaz. For before the child, verse 4, shall have knowledge to cry, My father and my mother, the riches of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria, will be taken away before the king of Assyria. In other words, you're going to have a son. I'm going to give you his name before he's born. By the way, our firstborn son, Elias, we had his name nine years before he was born. We had already picked out his name nine years before he was born. So here they have the name, he's born, they name him, and the prophecy is this. This hastening to the spoil, Um, is going to take place, and this prophecy is going to be fulfilled with 100% accuracy before this son is even able to talk. So for boys, you know how it is that girls usually are, (laughs) this is a weird thing, right, with our kids. The girls are the ones that talk sooner, (laughs) which is, (laughs) you think about that, than the boys. I don't know what it is. It's got to be you know, a left brain, right brain thing, but the girls are always uh, the ones that talk uh, sooner. Usually for the boys it takes a little bit longer. But the prophecy is that uh, before he's even able to speak, this prophecy is going to be fulfilled. Assyria will hasten to the spoil. Verse 5, the Lord also spoke to me again, saying, inasmuch as these people refuse the waters of Shiloah that flow softly and rejoice in Rezin and in Ramalia's son. Now therefore, verse 7, behold, the Lord brings up over them the waters of the river, strong and mighty, the king of Assyria, in all his glory, he will go up over all his channels and go over all his banks. Okay, I want you to notice with me first a striking contrast. This is a profound contrast between the peaceful waters of Shiloah and the mighty rivers of Assyria, the rivers Tigris and the rivers Euphrates. What's the Lord saying here? The Lord's saying through the prophet Isaiah, 
you refused my water, the water of life. You refused the waters of Shiloh that flow softly, calmly, quietly, peacefully. And for those of you that have been to Israel with us, we've been to this place by the way. We know it in the New Testament as the pool of Siloam. And in John's Gospel chapter 9, actually I was, uh, I spent some time because it's really one of the most interesting and intriguing accounts in all of the Gospels. You remember when they were walking, Jesus and the disciples, and they encounter this, this blind man, blind from birth we're told. And the disciples asked Jesus, this is a, a, one of those times when they really wanted to genuinely know, uh, Jesus, is this man blind because of his sin or his parents' sin? And Jesus says, neither. Uh, he was blind so that this day I would be glorified, because I'm about to do a miracle. I'm about to heal this blind man, and blind from birth, and he's going to see. Watch me now. So here's what's really interesting, and I love going to this site in Jerusalem. You have to understand, the pool, you, you can visit this site, it's nothing like it was at the time. This was the only water supply for Jerusalem, and it flowed into this pool. It was a very peaceful and calm place, and it was known to be tranquil, also a place where healing would take place. So that's where they encounter this blind man. And so Jesus then, very interesting, very unconventional, spits in the dirt and makes mud with his saliva. And then he takes that <laughs> and he puts it on the blind man's eyes. And he says to the blind man, now go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. This is this water here that is referenced in Isaiah chapter 8. And so he does. And when he does, now he can see. And it's just incredible. And so he goes back to his neighborhood. Doesn't even make it to his house yet. All of his neighbors are going, no way. He's like, way. And you got to understand, I, I was thinking about this today, and maybe I, you'll forgive me, but this was a real man that lived in a real neighborhood, had parents. He was a grown man. And this really happened. Can you imagine? Put yourself in his shoes, his sandals actually. <laughs> um, you've been blind from birth and all of a sudden this man, they call Jesus, heals you. You've never seen what people look like. You've never seen what anything looks like. I mean, I would need some time just to process that. But he goes back to his neighborhood and he can see. And when they see him and see that he can see, they're like, no way. It looks like him. It cannot be him. He says, no, it's me. He says, no way. Way. What happened? Uh, there was this man they called Jesus, and <laughs> he spit in the dirt with his saliva, made mud, and put it on my eyes. And I, 
I went and into the pool of Siloam and I washed and now I can see. I once was blind, now I can see. It's like, no way, that, 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 that can't be. It, it, it can't be. By the way, uh, you have a, a pimple on your left cheek. That'll prove that I can, <laughs> I'm sorry, again, it just, it, I mean that presupposes he knows what that was when he was blind. But So then he makes his way home. And about this time, the Pharisees catch wind of it. And what? And they conduct an official investigation. You know what their findings were? He healed this blind man on the Sabbath. He could not be of God. And there was this big scandal. And so they they interrogate him. Who was this man? Well, his name is called Jesus. Uh, Were you blind? Yeah. And now you can see, yeah, I'm looking right at you. And it's not a pretty sight, by the way, but I, you know, yeah. And, 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 he, and, and how did he do it? And he goes through the whole story, and they're in complete denial, and it's a complete scandal, and they're so confused, and they're so divided now. Because this is a miracle, but yet it was done on the Sabbath, so this cannot be a man of God. So you know what they do next? They take him to his parents. And they start interrogating his parents. And his parents are rightfully afraid. Because if, and they know when they're asked, is this your son? They're like, yes. (laughs) Was he blind from birth? Yes. Can he see now? Ask him. He's a grown man. No, that's what they, because they knew that (laughs) the wrong answer, they're going to get thrown out. Because these are the Pharisees we're talking about. I'm going somewhere with this. I know it's a, we're going to take the the scenic route here. (laughs) No pun intended. Um, So, (laughs) I know, it's okay. I know, delayed reaction, that's okay. Happens to me all the time. So then they're like, "This, this cannot be. This was done on the Sabbath. He cannot be a man of God. And So they ask him, and you know what his answer is? He said, I don't know if this man is of God or not, but I was once blind, but now I see. God healed him. How? Where? This water, representative of the Word. We're that blind man. And it's when we go to the water of God's Word, and are cleansed and washed. We can be blind, but now, now I see, because of the water of God's Word. But here's the problem. We have a huge problem here. Judah refused this life-giving water. This eye-opening water, if I can call it that. And they refused it, and to add insult to injury, if I can say it like that, they refused it the way that the Israelites refused the manna. Stay with me. The manna represented as the bread of life, the Word of God. Man shall not live by 
bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And they refused it, were tired of it, not interested in it. Why? Because they wanted meat to eat. And God says, you want meat? I'll give you meat. He's saying the same thing here through the prophet Isaiah to Judah, you know. You don't want my water? You don't want my manna? Oh, you want the mighty, exciting rivers of Assyria? You want that water? You want the meat? You want flesh to eat? So my manna, you don't want it? I'm not going to force it on you. The water of life, the bread of life, you don't want it? I'm not going to force it on you. You want this instead? You know, there comes a point, and I'll tell you, Romans 1 is chilling when it comes to this, because we read that God will come to a point where He will just say, okay, and He'll give you over. <laughs> Not without a fight, by the way. But see, God has a problem. Not that God has problems. That's a, you, you get what I mean. That's a saying. The problem that God has, we're the problem. The problem that God has is, is that He will not violate our sovereignty. He will not violate our free will. He's given man free will. So when we're given over to the flesh, we're given over to sin, and we refuse the water of life, the bread of life, and we refuse that to choose this, the Spirit of God does not strive with man forever. He will just say, okay, go ahead. And he takes his hands off. And when that happens, phew, it's at that point where the heart is already hardened, the fate is already sealed, and the mind is already made up, and God just says, okay, that's your decision. Have at it. You want the exciting, loud, rushing waters, those raging rivers. Man, they got going on over there in Assyria. What do we got? A little pool. Nothing's happening. It's just calm. And boy, over there, it's exciting. Whoo, thrilling. And God says, okay, you want that? Here you go. And this is exactly what happens. Well, let's move on. Verse 8. He will pass through Judah. He will overflow and pass over. He will reach up to the neck, and the stretching out of his wings will fill the breadth of your land. This is speaking of the king of Assyria. Now, keep in mind, this will not happen with Ahaz. 
This will happen with his son, Hezekiah. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from Isaiah with Pastor J.D., make sure to really think about what you're hearing and what God wants to speak to you today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly to grow in relationship with God and others. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Isaiah together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages on our website. We encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and In Spirit and Truth. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to In Spirit and Truth. Keeping me right with the old way. Holding me true.